Welcome back to another episode of Bucko Booth. My name is Benson Fector, and I'll be the host of your show today. All in all, it was definitely a rough week in uh, Pirates baseball as their uh, Arizona Fall League affiliate were eliminated from championship contention on Wednesday uh, when the Peoria Javelinas clinched the AFL West. Um, and so now we look to finish with a 500 record by winning the next five games uh, and secure a second-place spot in the AFL West. Still getting looks at guys like Brian Reynolds, Cole Tucker, Will Craig, and the pitchers Blake Wyman, Matt Eckelman, and Jeff Hartlieb. So there's still plenty to watch in these next five games, even though there will be no uh, championship spot on the line necessarily. Uh, and I also just wanted to wish a very happy Veterans Day to all of the veterans listening uh, tomorrow. Uh, appreciate your service and allowing me to be able to do what I love to do with you guys every single Saturday. All right, so let's get into our weekly awards. Player of the week for both the Pirates and just in general, I'm giving it to Brian Reynolds. I said that he needed to have a better second half of the season for the Saguaros to go into the championship round. He did his part. He batted 385 this week with uh, two RBIs, five for 13. Uh, Brian Reynolds was really the big piece from the Andrew McCutcheon trade. Kyle Crick ended up being really the the guy, but Brian Reynolds still has a big potential and could uh, maybe take over in left field uh, for Corey Dickerson uh, if he does not return in 2020. So big things going on from Brian Reynolds right now, and very encouraging to see him have this kind of week because he really struggled in the first half of the season. Hopefully he turns it on the next five games, finishes strong, and goes into the offseason on a high note as he'll probably start next season in AAA Indianapolis. And it would be definitely interesting to see how he performs in the Grapefruit League this February and March. All right, pitch of the week goes to Nate Pearson of the Toronto Blue Jays. Four innings pitched, one uh, start, no hits, no runs, no walks, five strikeouts, uh, zero ERA and a zero whip. He literally pitched four perfect innings. Obviously, this is the Arizona Fall League. Pitchers don't go more than five innings max, and Nate Pearson did all he could do for the surprise Saguaros this week. Nate Pearson was the guy that started in the uh, the Fall Stars game. Yeah, he started in the Fall Stars game uh, on Saturday evening, and he was thrown 103. Peter Alonso did end up taking him deep, but it was it was fantastic. Um fantastic stuff from Nate Pearson. The, the Toronto Blue Jays, they really have some high-end pieces in their form system. Guys like Vlad Jr., who we've seen all fall. Uh, Kevin Bishu has been great. And Boba Shett was supposed to be at the team, but did not. And Nate Pearson is going to be the stud arm of the future going along with guys like Marcus Stroman. Uh, he is an exciting pitcher to watch and exciting things in the future for the flame-throwing Nate Pearson. Pirates pitch of the week goes to Blake Wyman. One inning pitch, one game played. A hit, no runs, no earned, no walks, one strikeout. A zero ear and a 1.00 whip. Blake Wyman, uh, in his fall star game, he went two-thirds in his pitch. A hit, a run, and a strikeout. Overall, Blake Wyman really is busted onto the scene this season with his Arizona Fall League dominance, and really his dominance in the 2018 season. He was a 2017 10th-round draft pick. This really wasn't expected, but he could be the lefty reliever of the future Neil Huntington has always been searching for. I'm not going to say that's going to be in 2019. That could be a 2020 option, maybe 2021. But Blake Wyman is tall, he is lanky, and he is a lefty. Not necessarily flamethrowing, but he gets guys out, and that is what is important. He's had an excellent fall uh, and another excellent week from the lefty 
Blake Wyman. Glove of the week goes to Cole Tucker. 15 total chances, 12 assists, three putouts, uh, three double plays, and 100% field percentage. I mean, every single week we talk about this, how good of a glove Cole Tucker has. His fall star game, he went one for two, scored a run, and struck out. He played excellent defensively, and I keep on preaching this. Cole Tucker, I believe, is the shortstop of the future. I don't think it's Newman. I want it to be Newman, but I think Cole Tucker has the stuff, and we said this again. If Cole Tucker doesn't have the stuff, there's a guy, O'Neill behind him who does have the stuff to fit right in there uh, if needed. And shortstop is clearly the position the Pirates uh, are going to be focusing on this off season. Um, so it, it's just it, – it's nice to see that Cole Tucker is progressing well. and He is a stud. He's going to be a stud with the Pirates when he gets here. But it's now time to go to the mailbag. We have one mailbag question this week, and that's from Pirates Nation. Which free agent shortstop do you see being the best fit for the Pirates and why? Okay, Pirates Nation. So I've said this uh, many times on the show. I believe Jordy Mercer is the best fit for the Pirates at shortstop. Okay. Uh, I know last week we talked about potentially bringing in Jose Iglesias. I know there have been rumblings about maybe going after Gene Segura from the Mariners. Maybe it's Drupal Cabrera. Maybe bringing back a Danny Echeverria. But I think Jordy Mercer, and here's why. Okay, so I want him to be the Clint Barmas that was to Jordy Mercer. I want Jordy Mercer to be that to Kevin Newman, you know, build him along. And if so, Jordy Mercer can fit right in. I don't think Jose Iglesias is a bad fit. And I think Gene Segura, if we can get him, would be the best. But ultimately, Jordy Mercer, I believe, is the best fit for the Pirates at shortstop because he's been there. He's done that with the team. Uh, and I think he has the lowest risk uh, with the, you know, lowest amount of money that we would owe him. All right. Let's get into what I really want to talk about today. And, you know, could a longtime pirate killer be a free agent target for the team this offseason? As of last Sunday, Major League Baseball free agency is underway. While no major moves have been made yet, the Pittsburgh Pirates have been active. Earlier this week, they re-signed veteran infielder Jung-Hil Gong to a one-year contract. With this signing, the Pirates have already signed more MLB free agents this offseason than they did last. With the expected move of Gong being re-signed now in the books, Neil Huntington and the Pirates can turn their attention to other needs. This includes adding a fourth outfitter that can man right field until Gregory Polanco is healthy. One player that fits this description is veteran John Jay. The 33-year-old has played for five teams in his nine-year MLB career. He is most well-known for his six years as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals. During his tenure with the Cards, Jay began to develop as a Pirate killer. Jay is slashed for a 331 average, a 406 OBP, and a 413 slugging in 111 career games against the Pirates. He also made approximately 5,000 defensive web gems against the Bucks in his career. Last season, Jay split his time between the Kansas City Royals and Arizona Diamondbacks. Jay slashed for a 268 average, a 330 OBP, and a 347 slugging with the two clubs, with a 301 WOBA and a WRC plus of 86. While Jay's offense was nothing special, he played strong outfield defense. Jay posted a 1.3 D-war while being responsible for a plus-7 defensive run saved in the outfield in 2018. Average offense and strong defense has been the story of Jay's career. 
His lifetime slash is a 285 average, a 352 OBP, and a 378 slugging. His WOBA is 323, and his WRC plus is 103. However, throughout his career, he has been a plus defender in the outfield. Strong defensive ability and a high on-base percentage, both of which Jay possesses, is a good combination for his fourth outfielder to possess. He has also been a starter in his career and logged nearly 600 plate appearances last season. So, starting in the right field until Polanco is healthy would be no issue for the veteran. Importantly, if John Jay is a member of the Pittsburgh Pirates, he can no longer torture them at the plate or in the field. And, you know, I was doing some thinking, you know, who should the Pirates sign? John Jay has been a pirate killer. He's the guy. Okay. And the Pirates do have internal options in right field. You know, I believe that Pablo Reyes, if there is no um, John Jay signing or other fourth outfitter signing, is the, uh, you know, the front runner to start in right field because of his excellent September. Behind him, I'd put probably Jordan Luplo. Uh, and behind him, I'd say Jose Ozuna, and then maybe potentially behind him, Jason Martin, and then Brian Reynolds. Uh, and then Adam Frazier maybe, maybe, maybe could slide in the right field and Pablo Reyes for somebody at second base. But ultimately, here's the thing. Those guys really are unproven. Pablo Reyes, besides an excellent September, um, they're unproven. John Jay is a veteran outfielder. He's been there. He's done that. He knows how to play right field, and he can hit a little bit. That's what the Pirates need until Gregory Polanco comes back, hopefully in mid-April, not in mid-June. And then John Jay can be the fourth outfielder uh, for the rest of the season. It's a move that makes sense for the Pirates for, you know, until Polanco comes back and then as a fourth outfielder, it, it makes too much sense for it not to happen. Right. So hopefully the uh, Neil Huntington and the crew can go after him and bring John Jay to the Pittsburgh Pirates in 2019 because we need him to not only perform but to not torture us. So the Pittsburgh Pirates' biggest hole this offseason is at the shortstop position. One of their top shortstop prospects is finally breaking out. Entering the 2018 offseason, the Pittsburgh Pirates do not have a laundry list of things to do. Their payroll is relatively low already, but they do not have any ridiculous contracts to dump and do not have any glaring holes to fill. However, the team's one need that could be looked into would be the shortstop position. The team has seen Jordy Mercer become a free agent, and the team did not see a whole lot from shortstop prospect Kevin Newman. Kevin Newman was the Pittsburgh Pirates' first-round pick in 2015 and has had a nice minor league career. Still, he did not show much of the big league level in his extended look, which started back in the middle of August. He batted for a 209 average, a 247 OBP, and a 231 slugging in 31 games. He did make a lot of contact, however, only striking out 23 times while walking four times. While it is a small sample size, Newman's tools do not suggest that he will ever be a big-time impact shortstop. With all this being said, the Pittsburgh Pirates may not have had a lot of may not have a lot of external options. The free agent market is relatively weak with the top free agents outside of Manny Machado, being Freddie Galvis and Jordy Mercer. Meanwhile, finding a team that wants to trade an impact shortstop is going to be hard to find, especially without paying a premium. So, how can the team find an impact shortstop going forward? Well, they might have a shortstop as close to big league ready. Cole Tucker was the team's first-round pick back in 2014 out of a high school in Arizona. He has had some solid minor league seasons with the Pittsburgh Pirates organization thus far. 
His best year came in 2017 when he batted 275, swiped 47 bases, and had 36 extra base hits in 110 games. He did this across both high A and double A. This past year was not as impressive as his 2017 campaign. He played the whole year with double A Altoona. Tucker played in 133 games and posted a slash line of a 259 average, a 333 OBP, and a 356 slugging, with 35 stolen bases and 33 extra base hits. He had a better second half than he did the first half, but it was not an overly impressive season. However, Cole Tucker is also playing in the Arizona Fall League and is having a breakout league thus far. So far through uh, through 16 games played, Tucker is leading the surprise to Guaros in batting average and is second on the team in stolen bases. He actually has a higher average than the top overall prospect, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., he is doing this with a slash of a 368 average, a 438 OBP, and a 441 slugging, with four extra base hits and six stolen bases. Now, this is relevant because the Arizona Fall League is the highest league of play for prospects. It is more competitive than AA or AAA. The Fall League has the biggest rise in stars in baseball across all levels of the minors. Tucker is performing this way against some of the top pitching prospects in the league. It's very good to see. If Tucker can continue this momentum in the next season, he could find himself with the Pittsburgh Pirates as soon as June of this season. He is a little bit more projectable than Newman, being Tucker stands at six foot four inches and is extremely athletic. So the Pittsburgh Pirates may not look to fill the shortstop position, but rather wait until Cole Tucker is ready to play in Pittsburgh. This is going to be bold what I'm about to say. We all know the hype about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. In fact, MLB released what they believe to be, you know, Vlad Jr.'s projections for the 2019 MLB season. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is projected to hit 22 home runs, hit 77 RBIs, 22 home runs, 77 RBIs, a 306 average, a 368 slugging, and a 511 slugging, 368 OBP. This is going to be bold what I'm about to say. You ready? Cole Tucker is going to have a better major league career than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Boom. I'm not taking it back. Here's why. When the Arizona Fall League started, you know, Vlad Jr. dominated and helped the Saguaros race out to a 4-1 and one start. Then the league sort of adjusted to Vlad Jr. and he has struggled in Cole Tucker's race out to lead the team at average and second in stolen bases. Cole Tucker is the best player on the surprise Saguaros. He is better than the number one overall prospect in all of baseball. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., his loftiness is extraordinary. But mark my words, Cole Tucker is better than Vlad Jr. We'll clip this in a We'll make sure to play this when this happens. But overall, overall, the thing is, the Pirates bring back Jordy Mercer. That's what I want them to do. Okay, and he eases along Kevin Newman. Let's say Kevin Newman is sucking. He's you know doing the old two and nine average thing, and, and he just can't find his footing. Okay, so Jordy Mercer steps in, and he's the starting shortstop. 
June comes around, around June, you know, Austin Meadows was called up May 17th, 2018, uh, around that time for Cole Tucker. And Cole Tucker performs the way Austin Meadows did and takes a shortstop job, and Jordy Mercer becomes the Clint Barmas to Jordy Mercer, but the Clint Barmas to um, Cole Tucker. And then Newman just goes by the wayside. That's one option. The other option, I believe, is Kevin Newman is the guy. You know, Neil Huntington says, Kev, I trust you. Let's get it. Okay, so that happens, and we don't really have another option there at shortstop. Um, so, 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 you know, Kevin Newman goes through, and he's still bad and terrible, you know, the 209 average. Then you can feel confident, and the Pirates would aggressively call up Cole Tucker in June or May, May or June. And that's when I want to see him in the matrix. That's why I am weary of signing a, you know, a bigger name. I, I feel perfectly comfortable with bringing back Jordy Mercer, but I don't really feel comfortable with giving Jose Iglesias multiple years. I don't feel comfortable giving, you know, guys like Freddie Galvis multiple years or uh, is Drupal Cabrera, maybe even Marwin Gonzalez. I don't feel comfortable with that because of Cole Tucker. If there was no Cole Tucker and we were still just waiting on O'Neill Cruz, then I'd feel perfectly comfortable. Give the guy some money. We have it. Go, go spend it. Pirates have a low payroll right now, and the thing is, is we have a window between now and about 2023 to win a World Series. Cole Tucker is going to be a part of the next wave of talent that joins Big League Club. That minimal payroll should not go to spending money on a shortstop. That payroll should be focused on, A, extending Corey Dickerson. Be a focus. B, extending Jameson Tyone. Also has to be a focus. And then maybe looking to guys such as uh, Trevor Williams or Joe Musgrove. But that minimal money has to go to Corey Dickerson and Jameson Tyone. They're proven. They are proven commodities. Corey Dickerson, hopefully next year, with the 20 home run guy we all expected, and Jameson Town is turning it into an ace. We need to get them locked up now. That money could not be spent on giving Jose Iglesias multiple years. I'd feel perfectly comfortable doing a Junk Hogan type deal where Jordan Mercer gets $3 million, maybe $2.5 in incentives. I don't see the problem with doing that for the Pirates and Neil Huntington. That's realistic time money if somebody else is not realistic and it will hinder a small market team like the Pittsburgh Pirates. You go out, you get Corey Dickerson, resign. You get Jameson Tyon, resign. You sign John Jay to a one-year deal. And you sign Jory Mercer to a one-year deal. Four big things that need to happen this offseason. And Personally, I believe A and B have to be Dickerson and Tyon. Then you can move to a fourth outfielder or maybe Jordy Mercer. If it's not Jordy Mercer, don't throw your money. You know, there will be cheap fourth outfielder options, but I want it to be John Jay. Okay, so, so th- that's the four-step process, I believe, to having a good offseason in Pittsburgh because we don't have a laundry list of things to do, and it's great. You know, we had a postseason quality pitching staff. Our offense just didn't do it, and that's why we got Rick Eckstein to help us get that one extra one a month we need from the offense to bolster us into the playoffs in 2019 and bring him back a World Series title. That's what we have to do. Now, will they go out and do it? That's a question. 
That's a question we'll be discussing all offseason right here on Bucket Booth. All right. I want to just talk a little about generic Pirates news. So after spending the 2018 season as a member of the Pittsburgh Pirates organization, a veteran catcher is moving on. For much of the 2018 season, veteran Ryan LeBarnaway and youngster Jacob Stalling split the catching duties for the AAA Indianapolis Indians. This, however, will not be the case in 2019. Stalling is out of options and cannot begin the season in the minor leagues. As for LeBarnaway, on Thursday afternoon, he signed a minor league contract with the New York Yankees. During the 2018 campaign, LeBarnaway slashed for a 288 average, a 375 OVP, and a 485 slugging at the AAA level. He posted a 197 ISO, a 384 WBA, and a WRC plus of 145 in 77 games for the Indians. This was LeBarnway's best season in the minor league since 2015. LeBarnway's success at the AAA level led to him earning a September call-up from the Pirates. While LeBarnway did not start a game in September, his impact was still felt. In six plate appearances, he had a pair of singles and a double. This included a walk-off, pinch-hit single against the Kansas City Royals on September 18th. The Yankees will be LeBarnway's sixth MLB organization. LeBarnway began his pro career at the Red Sox, where he was a where he was one of the top prospects in the game. But after slashing for a 201 average, a 249 OBP, and a 315 slugging with a 250 WBA and a WRC plus of 49 over four seasons with the Red Sox, his career in Boston flamed out. Since then, he has bounced around the Atlanta Braves, Toronto Blue Jays, Oakland A's, and of course the Pirates. With LeVarnway having officially moved to the Yankees, look for the Pirates to be in the market for a veteran catcher. With Dongs out of options, the team will need to figure out the catching situation at AAA Indianapolis. There's a good chance that a veteran minor league free agent, which LeVarnway was last season, will be brought in to catch for Indy. Okay, so losing to Ryan LeVarnway, not a big deal. I would have loved to have him as the Indianapolis catcher because I believe that that is his role at this point in his career. Neil Hunting has to look to bringing in a fourth catcher. Okay, because here's where I think the Pirates should do on the opening day roster. You obviously have Cervelli Diaz on the opening day roster, but listen, Jacob Stallings is out of options. Do you want to lose Jacob Stallings? No. We have three catchers on the opening day roster. And you might say, what the heck? Why would he have three catchers? Because Elias Diaz is one of the best hitters, you know. He's one of the best hitters on the team. He's the backup catcher. So that would allow Clint Hurdle to aggressively use Elias Diaz to pinch hit. And it would also allow, you know, Francisco Cervelli to go out and play first base. On days that gives Josh Bell off and, you know, get bat in the line. It just allows for so many more options than would, um, you know, What's the word? Not keeping Stallings on the roster. So then the question is, who becomes that minor league catcher? So we look at the free agent catchers. You got Yasmani Grandal, obvious no. Wilson Ramos, no. Kurt Suzuki, no. Robinson Chirinos, no. Marty Maldonado, no. Nick Hunley is a maybe, but I believe he'll get a backup job somewhere. Matt Weeders, no. He'll get a job somewhere. AJ Ellis. It's interesting, but I'd, I'd still say no. Um, Mesoraco, no. Luke Roy, no. Brian McCann, no. Renee Rivera. Ooh, here's one. Chris Stewart. Maybe he comes back to be the Ryan LeVarnway of 2018 for the Pirates. 
Um, let me see who else we got here. Maybe Jeff Mathis, Stephen Vogt, Bobby Wilson, Jose Lobatone, Salta Lamakia. Somebody like that could be a realistic fourth catcher and a catcher in Indy. And, you know, if the Pirates do want to risk losing Jacob Stallings, um, and, you know, we need an Indy catcher. And there there are some, you know, catchers working their way up the system. You know, I the top catching prospect right now for the Pirates, I'd probably say is Arden Pabst. Um, and he's not really a catching prospect. And, you know, there are guys in the system like Christian Kelly, John Borman, who made that little cameo appearance with Pittsburgh in 2017. Uh, Jin DeJong is also, also an option. But, you know, none of these guys are proven. And that's what you really want out of a fourth catcher is a veteran a veteran presence. And really, it could end up being the third catcher, one of these guys, because because of the uh, potential for us losing Jacob Stallings to waivers. Now, ultimately, I'd love to see the three-catcher position work, but let's say we lose Stallings on waivers. Obviously, a free agent would be nice to get, and, you know, it's also nice to – you need more catchers on the roster because of, you know, catchers and pitchers supporting early to spring training – and just doing so much work. Um. So, yeah, let's say Jacob Stallings, we lose him on waivers. If we do put him on waivers, the ultimate goal is to keep him, and then he goes back to his friendly AAA um, level of catching. But then if you bring him up again, you can't send him back down without risking the waivers again. So that, that's why I believe we can go with the Jacob Stallings keep him on the roster for the full season. Because I believe Cervelli is, I think he's under contract for the next two seasons. One second, I'm sorry. But if if he is under con, if he isn't under contract for 2020, then you can have Diaz as a starting catcher and Stones as a backup that way. That would be great. Let's queue up. Let's see. Um... Yeah, through 2019. So, yeah, he's only going to be with the team through 2019, and I want Jacob Stallings to be the backup catcher in 2020. I don't want to lose him because I believe we, we don't really have anybody behind him. Okay? And Jacob Stallings is the epitome of a backup catcher. Fantastic work with the glove. The The pitchers love him. They absolutely love Jacob Stallings. And that that's very important. You know, the catchers, the pitchers loved Chris Stewart, you know, smart hitting. Um, they're loving themselves, Elias Diaz and Stallings right now. So he is definitely a viable option to be the backup catcher. And if you do not keep Jacob Stallings on the roster, who becomes the backup catcher in 2020? Sure. It, it, it just becomes tricky. It really does. I mean, at that point, you'd be looking at guys like Paps, Christian Kelly, uh, Jin DeJong, John Borman. And sorry for not having all this ready, but I'm just looking. I know we drafted a catcher decently high, a guy from Arkansas. I think it's Grant Cook maybe. Anyway, he could be an option maybe for 2020 because he is a college guy, and they're oftentimes, you know, they get to the big leagues faster. Oh, yeah, one second. I'm just trying to queue up. Some of the draft picks. All right, here we go. Catcher. Catcher, catcher. Yeah, Grant Cook from Arkansas in the fifth round. So th- that guy was taken high enough to be 
a legit prospect. And, you know, if we take a look at Grant Cook's scouting report for a potential 2020 backup uh, job, we'll see what we get. Sorry. Yeah, so let's, let's check out his numbers. Oh, oh yeah, here, here are his grades. Okay, so <clears throat> uh, he's got a 35 running speed, a 60 arm strength, 45 average, 55 power. So he could be a backup catcher. I can see Grant Cook doing that in the future. But it's interesting, and we'll be here to talk about it all offseason. I mean, we have so much time. Um, and I just wanted to say, if you guys could go give a follow, because, you know, we still have Bucko Booth going on until uh, January 1st, but it's becoming the Baseball Podcast Network. Horse <coughs> uh, right now. Yeah, so go give a follow to at Baseball Podcast Net on Instagram, at Baseball Podcast Baseball, P-O-D-C-A-S-1 on Twitter. Go subscribe to Baseball Podcast Network on YouTube. This episode will be up on SoundCloud later today. And uh, as always, we'll have Bucket Booth and 60 on the Instagram accounts. Give Jared a follow at Pirates Self Strong and myself a follow at Bucks Dugout. I- I've had another great time with you guys this week. Uh, my voice is going right here, but uh, I'll see you again next Saturday, probably at noon. We'll be back to the usual noon time. I just was busy at that time today. So um, we'll see you at noon next Saturday for another episode of Bucket Booth. The uh, with the Arizona Fall League will be closing out. So we'll uh, break down everything Saguaros, everything Pirates offseason related. Until then, have a fantastic week. My name is Benson Fexter from everybody at Bucko Booth. Let's go, bye.